Well, greetings from the Great White North. I'm Tracy Lee. Great to be back. I have my latte in front of me. And uh, shout out to my husband, Sean, for getting me an, ex- what are they called, espresso? Espresso machine for Christmas. I think the baristas at Starbucks probably think I died. <laughs> They're probably, uh, stocks are going down. It was my son Ryan's idea, actually. He was right. It did pay for itself in just weeks. Yeah, I know, it's it's pretty pathetic. But hey, you know, when you live in minus 30 for, you know, months at a time, you kind of need your, your hot uh, coffee for sure. So for those of you who don't know me personally, I do want to uh, give, I guess, full disclosure, a little warning. I do tend to speak my mind, pretty passionate about what I believe in and I do have strong opinions on a lot of topics. Um, Probably this will make you love me or hate me. Maybe something in between. But I did want to be open with you. Just so you know kind of what you're in for. I don't uh, really pussyfoot around too much. I think my friends would probably vouch for this and then some. So it is what it is. Um, What you see is what you get. I I do uh, tend to easily share my own shortcomings and bad decisions and talk about what's worked well for me in life too. So hoping it'll speak to you in some way. I think we do learn a lot more from each other by being open and honest and, you know, rather than portraying a certain image that none of us can really live up to anyway. And sometimes I'll swear. Sometimes those words slip out. So keep your kids away from this podcast. So today I just want to talk a bit about getting unstuck. Einstein said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. The dude was on to something, I think. We are all guilty of it at one time or another, maybe more often than not. I know I sure have been. I've caught myself repeating patterns and wondering why I'm not getting a different outcome and just getting really frustrated. So I guess the big question is, how do we make change in our lives when we need to? And how do we know when we need to? And why is taking that first step so damn hard? I mentioned in my intro episode that uh, my career is in human resources, uh, recruiting, career coaching, all that sort of thing. I have had my own consulting business for the past six years. It's called Star HR Consulting. And I spend about half my time working with people that are going through career transition. Some of it's due to job loss. Some of it's their own choice, uh, just making huge changes in their lives. And it's really taught me a lot about how we have the ability to set our own path. We do have choices. We can make change. We don't have to stay stuck. It is true, we've got to work to pay the bills, I won't argue that, but we spend at least a third of our life at work. So I don't think it makes sense to, you know, be completely miserable while we're there. There's gonna be bad days and stressful days, that's normal. You know, bad bosses, bad cultural fit, not getting to use our skills, sometimes crappy pay. You know, but I think at the end of the day, we have to remember we only have one go around here, at least to my knowledge. And unless 
someone knows something about reincarnation and maybe we'll talk about that on a an upcoming episode. But I think we do deserve to get some satisfaction and sense of fulfillment out of our career. It's only one major facet of our lives. We shouldn't let it define us. And it's super easy to become a workaholic. Just work, 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 live at work. You know, all it's going to lead to is burnout. And I've been there and it does. It just saps you. There's other things too that we have a lot of choice in, I think. Whether we choose to be alone, whether we choose to have a partner in our life, the friends we choose, where we live, whether we want to travel, all of these things definitely have an impact as to the level of joy we're going to have in our lives. And let's face it, we do have control over all these things. There's a bunch of things we don't have control over and we really can't stop those things. Whether it's medical events, losing loved ones, when when we do lose our jobs, accidents, all that kind of stuff. We can't necessarily change those things. But we certainly have control how we react and what we do next. I know with me, when, when bad things happen to me, oh boy, at first it's a lot of crying and panicking and yelling and freaking out, just overall meltdown. But soon enough, I've moved on into problem-solving mode. What can I do about this? What do I have control over? And how can I get through it? I sort of set up, it's almost like a little checklist of action plans and steps I can take to get out of the muck I'm in in the moment. And it tends to work for me. It's You know, it can be argued, it's true, I'm a control freak. I do like to have order and a certain structure to things I do. And maybe because of living in a lot of chaos as a child, growing up, I maybe now as an adult, that's why it's so important to me to feel like I have some control. And maybe making those checklists and having action plans and goals, that's sort of what helps me just to cope in everyday life. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the negative vibe that's in the air lately. Maybe I'm imagining a lot of this, but it does seem to me that there are a particular group of people who, they almost enjoy being miserable. You know, just a lot of bitching and moaning and and talking about who's done what to them, who's wronged them, how their life sucks, how shitty their jobs are, you know, bad boyfriend, husband, girlfriend. It just seems like it's just misery and like a bad sweater. You know, those bad, they're comfortable sweaters, but they have holes in them and we still wear them, you know, which is fine because it does provide us some comfort. It sort of reminds me of that though. There comes a point we got to throw away the sweater. We really do. Because not everything is out of our hands. Things don't just happen to us. A lot of times it's our own foolish or reactionary choices that cause our misery. So I think it's that figuring out how do we own our own shit? What belongs to us? What's in our hands? And what do we have the power to change? 
And more importantly, are we willing to invest the effort that's required? Because the pain of change has to be more than the pain of, or pardon me, less than the pain of staying the same. There has to be a win in it for us to make the change, but we have to be willing to walk through the crap to get there. Let's face it, if you're going through a divorce or moving or dealing with a loved one passing away, it's awful through that, those chapters after. It's just, you don't even know how you're going to get through it. And then you do get through it. And you look back and you say to yourself, holy mackerel, I'm stronger than I thought I was. And that's what we have to remember when we're going through that tough stuff. We've done it. And we came out okay. We're still standing. You know, when it comes to the work thing, the career, I've worked, oh, got to be, oy, 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 40 years. First job was at Wendy's. I think I worked there for a couple of years, cutting onions and flipping burgers. I even got to be Wendy for a while. Now I have red hair and freckles, but hey, they made me wear the red wool wig and painted freckles on my face and I stood outside giving out coupons and whatever. But you know, that's where I started. And then I've been through all kinds of industries since then. I've worked with some amazing people, great opportunities, lots of change, and I learned a lot. I went back to school when I was 36 and became a human resources professional at that point. And I'm really glad, I'm so glad that I took the chance to go back to school. I was working full-time, part-time single mom of a little boy at that time. And uh, I, I never look back and regret that. I'm so glad that I took the time to do it. And it was a pain in the butt, working all day and then school in the evening, trying to find time for, you know, my son and family and friends. But the win was well worth it. My income easily doubled and then tripled and quadrupled after that. So that that brief period of a few years of putting in the time, it definitely paid off for sure. It hasn't been without its ups and downs. There's been some creepy bosses and long hours and workplace harassment and all that crappy stuff that a lot of us have seen in our jobs. But I would definitely say the the positive experiences well outweigh the bad ones. And I usually knew when it was time to make a change. Sometimes I stayed longer than I should have by pure necessity because we do have to pay the bills and make sure we have the roof over our head and all that. Um, But there were times I just, I knew I had to get out for my own sanity. And sometimes you just got to take the chance and find something new. As far as relationships go, I've been married twice, seven years the first time, and now I'm on almost 17 years with my uh, husband, Sean. Oh, I didn't mean to forget his name or anything. I sort of hesitated there. And I have two wonderful adult children. They're 24 and 23. Our son, Ryan, is an engineer, and our daughter, Kim, is a teacher. They are wonderful human beings. I just love who they've become as adults. Um, the, the four of us have been through a ton of stuff together for the past 20 years. And uh, 
you know, it's not all rosy. There's been ups and downs and disagreements and battles and driving each other crazy, but lots of support. And we've always had each other's backs and still do. And I know we always will. So I, I know that it's been worth it. It was worth it to take a chance and get married again and make changes in my life and be, you know, in the moment and open to putting my heart on the line. You know, Sean is my, truly my best friend, my partner in crime. We have had some really wonderful, joyful times together. And I hope we have many, many more. So I guess you could say I've been around the block a bit. I think most people at this stage of life have. And it's just figuring out what's worked and what doesn't. The beginning of this episode, I played a little clip from Raise a Little Hell, which is by a Canadian band called Trooper. And I love that line. If your world is all screwed up, rearrange it. It's, it's to the point. It's telling, telling us a simple thing. If it ain't working, fix it. It's okay to vent. We all do it. Come on. There's none of us that don't. But if we're spending a better part of our lives focused on the negative and just that whining and moaning and doing nothing to make change, I think that negative just keeps perpetuating and we can't even see the forest for the trees could be a perfectly sunny day and oh it's too hot oh I I felt a raindrop it's easy for us to bitch about the weather here you know minus 50 come on of course we're going to complain but we know that there's brighter days around the corner and we hopefully embrace those and enjoy them while we get to have them And that how do we make change part? How do we take that first step? Sometimes that can be harder than even knowing what the step is, is to actually do it. I think what it boils down to is remembering that even small changes make a difference. And if that job is soul sucking and you can't enjoy your free time at all because you're just physically and emotionally sick, or lying awake every night dreading the next day, worrying about what needs to be done. Sometimes we just have to breathe. I know in North America, we're sort of, I don't know, programmed to be this way, where a lot of us are defined by our careers. It's one of the first questions we ask each other. What do you do? Where do you work? And I know I always ask people, mostly because I'm a recruiter in human resources and that, so it's my interest, but I think we all do it anyway. It's just part of the questions we ask each other. And if you look at Europe, they've got it right. They don't define themselves by what they do for a living. They define themselves by how they live. They take the two-hour lunches. They have wine with their lunch and They eat slowly and they have their cheese and their baguettes and, oh, maybe it's bangers and mash in London, but they enjoy it. Places like Paris and Italy, they enjoy eating. They don't have the fast food garbage that we do here. They enjoy their meals. They enjoy 
sitting out at the cafes with each other, talking into the night, laughing. It's not all about work. They they just, and they walk everywhere and they pick up their, their food for the evening and cook it themselves. I just think, wow, they've got it right. I wish we had more of that here. And really like, who are we choosing to spend our free time with? They, they need to bring us joy. They have, we have to feel energized after we walk away from spending time with people. We should walk away with a smile on our face, not climb into our car and breathe a sigh of relief that that visit is over. Because if that's what we're doing, that's probably time for house cleaning. If our relationships are all drama and on and off and up and down and somebody's just squeezing the life out of you, no reciprocity, why? Why are we doing it? So we're not alone? Shit, I'd rather just be alone with my own company than deal with that all the time. I I can handle my own company and find things to do. Because I think we're worth it. I think we deserve to be with like people. We should be with those that bring us up and that we can laugh with and they accept us for who we are. Not always making us feel shitty about the kind of people we are. Not making us feel shame for, for the way we speak. And even what I'm saying here, none of this is to make anybody feel bad or that they've made the wrong choices or that they're living their lives incorrectly. It's all up to us. If you're happy doing what you're doing and you're not hurting anybody else, who cares if you want to smoke 10 packs of cigarettes a day and drink a bottle of whiskey a night? That's yours. Let's do it. Maybe that's what gets you through the night. That's cool. But if you're coming to me and telling me you're sick of the hangovers, you're sick of the wasted money, you're sick of coughing up a lung every day, that you're broke, whatever, you've ruined relationships, then I'm going to say, okay, come on now. That's a choice. And you get to have those. But if they're truly damaging you and you're just complaining to everybody how much they're damaging you, then I don't think you're owning your shit or your choices. So am I shaming you for that? Yeah, maybe, I don't know. But I think we just all have to decide what we want to listen to. We can be there as friends. We can support each other. We can, you know, hold someone's hand even when things are just unbelievably awful. And even if we don't agree with what they're doing, just to be by their side for a time until they get out of the the ditch. I don't know that we stay there forever because that's not helping anyone. That's just enabling at that point. But I think just to help each other through the rough spots and then it's, okay, come on, come with me. Let's go to a different place. That's what a real friend will do is say, enough, let's, let's get out of this. Let's go for a walk. Let's go do something different. You know, if we're feeling out of shape and fat and gross and dragging ourselves out of bed every day, we can do something. I know for me, walking, bike riding, getting to the gym, eating something green once in a while, that that makes a difference. It does. And we can all say, oh, we don't have any time. I'm too busy. I don't have time for exercise or eating right or cooking my own food. Eh, I don't know. I came to the reality we spend a lot of time on our phones, a lot of time watching TV, 
I'm a Netflix junkie, I get it. But if we can't afford 30 minutes of movement in a day for a better quality of life, then I think we're probably just setting up our own shithole, you know? There, there's no, there's nothing stopping us from doing something. And cooking, if we're always eating out, try cooking at home a few nights a week and see how it goes. And I love food. Oh my goodness, I, if I'm not eating food, I'm thinking about eating food. I love a lot of the stuff that's bad for us, but my blood pressure, my cholesterol, when I turned 50, it started creeping up as it does with many women. And I had to say, okay, I'm either gonna have to go on meds or can I change it? So I did some research, found out the foods that help with those things. My husband motivated me because he had gone to the gym for months and months. He wanted to lose weight and he went on that elliptical every day, every other day, 45 minutes at a time. And he just kept going. He kept going until he lost 45 or 50 pounds. It took months and commitment. But the transformation was amazing, both from a health perspective and how he looked. He went from 230 pounds down to, I think 180 or something. It was amazing. So then I started going to the gym because, you know, in the winter, you can't do much outside. So going to the gym, eating better, drinking more water, way more water, skin feels better, everything works better, uh, the whole nine yards. And sure enough, blood pressure, cholesterol, all normalized. Didn't have to take any meds. So that's what I've been doing for five years and just sticking to it. And if I can, I get out. If it's beautiful out, I'm walking for an hour. I live right near the Forks, walk for an hour, go there, hang out, have a coffee, come back, get on my bike and just whatever I can do to be outside, get fresh air. And I feel way better. If I've had a shitty morning or something like that, shitty day, and I go do that, I feel dramatically better after. Serotonin levels are up, endorphins, all of it. Sleep better. So I know for sure it works. That's an example of how little changes and you just do a little bit at a time and then you start to see the cumulative effect. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's moderation. It's trying to find that moderation and balance. That's the struggle. When do we need to make change to get things a little more on even keel? Uh, just around, just all the month of December, my husband was quite sick and we think he had some sort of a virus and he just kept getting worse and, and wasn't doing well at all. And uh, for the first time in his life, had to miss a fair bit of work. And we realized, or he realized, that he had to make some serious changes. And I said to him, if you just try this for a month, just eating better, eating better food, sleeping better, getting to bed at a reasonable hour, you know, kind of getting off this crazy gerbil's wheel, you know, working full time, two bands. You know, he truly was running on fumes, McDonald's coffee and, you know, maybe one meal a day. It just wasn't good. And I think it just all kind of caught up. And sometimes our brains will just eventually say, stop, stop the bus, 
you're not going to keep doing this anymore. And thank goodness for that. It, what would we do without that? Because sometimes we don't listen to our bodies. We don't realize that that exhaustion or that feeling of general unwellness is, is just not a good way to live. So sometimes we're smart enough to listen to that voice in our brain that says, you got to make change or it's going to get ugly. And sure enough, after a month of eating better, getting to bed literally at 10 o'clock every night and cutting back on a lot of his activities, getting a lot of the stress out of his life, it's been amazing. He's doing so much better. And it's too bad that we need a health scare sometimes to kick us in the ass and say, come on, it, you only have one shot at this. We still eat, you know, pizza and Chinese food and all that stuff that's deemed bad for us. But we try to do a lot more of the healthy eating. I'm going to the, the store way more often to get all that good stuff and make sure that we're, we're getting fueled for the day. So I can only speak from my own experiences. That's all I've got and what I've watched others around me experience. I've lived in the light and I've lived in the darkest dark throughout my life. Lots of chaos, lots of change. But I would say the only constant has been my ability to adapt and to know when is it time to make the hard decisions. Have they always been the right decisions? No. Have I made mistakes? Hell yeah. Imagine leaping out of a plane without a parachute. I've done that a couple times. Splat. I've had friends looking at me thinking, what the hell? What are you doing? I remember when I left my first husband, it was just, it's like my brain fell out. I just became a different person for a period of time. I lost myself. I, I couldn't even figure out which way was up. But somehow over time, I did eventually find myself again. And I figured it out and I got back to a better place. So for the most part, my leaps of faith have paid off for me. I know that I wouldn't have the enriched life that I do today had I stayed stuck. Had I not made change, I, I just don't think I'd be the same person. The bumps, the scrapes, the bruises, they're all part of who I am. And for all of us, I think that's true. The scars show that we've lived, but we don't have to be defined by them and we don't have to be paralyzed by them. And I know, I know we can't be happy all the time. That is not realistic. Perhaps the 80-20 rule should be our mantra. If the, but if the 20% raises to 50% or more, then it's time to get out of that place. It's time to take some action. And I really do think the time is now. We could sit all day long saying woulda, coulda, shoulda. It's not something we can do anything about. The past is long gone. And we're not too old or we're not too young. <laughs> you know, we're, there's, always, there's always opportunity and we can do it. It's never too late. Sometimes it's time to do that lifeboat drill where you sort of decide who are the most important people in your life? How do we want to use our time? Whether it be work or play. Because time is the only thing we can't get back. So we better use it wisely. 
Sure, it's not easy making a big career change, deciding to go back to school, breaking up with a partner, all of that, breaking up with friends, moving across the country, whatever it may be. I've done all of that. And it isn't always easy and it's not fun. And there's a lot of sweat and tears. But I will say it's a whole lot better than being unhappy. Wouldn't you agree? So I'd love to hear from you. What's been the riskiest chance you've ever taken in your life? Did it lead to substantial change? Did it work out for you? I'd love to know. Send me a note on Instagram, Tracy Lee, 63. And until next time, cheers.